Welcome back to the Frizz and the Grease podcast with your hosts, Prudo and D. Welcome back to the podcast. It's your boy, Trudeau. Thank you for joining us live or on podcast the next day. It is Tuesday, October 17th. Big fun show in store for you today. We're talking basketball, people. NBA is right around the corner. We're going to get you ready for the season with a little bit of preview talk, over-unders. And uh, we're going to play a fun NBA-related game called Still in the League. But first, got to throw it to my co-host, D Frizzy Frizz himself. What's up, buddy? What it do, baby, man. Happy Tuesday. Uh, long, long week already. We've only been here two days, but long week already, man. How's everything with you? I am doing fantastic. And by the way, speaking of fantastic, we are in fantastic shape. Guest today, second time guest of the show, Sloan Piva of Sporting News. He's a sports writer, people, a sports analyst. He's going to bring all the knowledge. Sloan, what's up, buddy? What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me back. Great to be here. I am so psyched you're here today, especially since, you know, since you joined us last time, I was like two months ago, maybe a month and a half ago, you've gone big time. Like you are, <laughs> since you were with us, I'm dead ass. Like he was on the number one fantasy basketball podcast. He's been on ESPN, you know, radio, so ESPN radio, but still big, big time. So I'm glad you can still hang with us common people. Of course, man. I got to remember my roots. You guys are you guys are awesome. I got to say, I've been on quite a few shows, but yours is one of the highest production values that I've seen. You guys put so much into the the looks and the sounds, and you're so well spoken and always well prepared. So it's uh, I got to give you your props. Your 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 day is coming. I love it. It's because I just have a little soundboard with the little little <laughs> colors and just press the colors. It's really fun, actually. You should try it one time. <laughs> You got to have the sound drops. That's a huge thing. Yeah. So we're going to have a good show for you today. I'm very excited to talk basketball. Uh, you know, D, D's a big basketball fan, although he's a Lakers fan. So there might be some some animosity on this show today. <laughs> yeah. Can't wait. Can't wait. Uh, yeah, we already got into it a little bit in the pregame. He's telling me to stop holding on to the 2008-2009 Celtics championship because... Uh... So we don't got to keep it off air. We can bring it back here. So like I said, I seen it on Instagram. I believe it was. There's no fan base or team in the history of sports and sports have been around forever, right? Let's go all the way back to like when the first one started millions of years ago. The <laughs> 2008 Celtics in their fans are the only team that hold on to a championship. It's like like that one. It was 15 years ago. I don't want to just say get over it, but my goodness, like it's every year it's you got Paul Pierce coming in. Like if we were around now and we get a championship, you got fans that are just like, yo, banner 19. It's like you, Hey, you've been alive for one. Like you're just as good as the nuggets. Like, come on. But no, you know, you guys got to have your moment. Thankfully I've been alive to be able to see six of them. Thanks. So I'm happy over here. We talking about this Paul Pierce. Okay. They got a website that you can hire girlfriends for the day. <laughs> Did you see that hit song when he was with KG, by the way? Oh, yeah, funny. that was the best. KG was like, what are you doing? What are you doing, bro? <laughs> wrap it up. Wrap it up. We got, we got to get to commercial. <laughs> I, I will say, like, Sloan, you can you can get in and disagree or, or if you want, but I feel like the reason why we hold, and I'm not, I'm saying we proverbially, I'm not a Celtics fan, but the, 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 just KG and like that, that, Anything is possible. Like if it wasn't for that, I feel like I don't know. That just kind of made like a 
a folklore about that championship. Like all those moments leading up. And the, did he shit his pants and Paul Pierce shit his pants in that championship run? Yeah. yeah. Well, that's what people say. That's what he says people say. But um, yeah, I mean, KG was one of the most tenacious, most passionate players in Boston history. And I think it's the same reason why people are a little upset when Marcus Smart got traded, even though the Celtics are a much better team now after their trades. Um, people like passion. Um, so KG just harkens us back to the days when uh, when everything was was good and when <laughs> when a good team could actually take it all the way. Uh, so it remains to be seen if uh, if this good team can do that. But uh, that's I guess that's one of the things we can talk about. Yeah, it's going to be a definitely a fun NBA season. I have no talking points between you Lakers and Celtics talk right now because I am the sad Magic fan who has never won anything. So we got that. <laughs> uh, we need a sound drop for that. Womp, womp. I'm on it. I'm on up the twos and the threes. Let's get it. All right, so the first thing we want to do is we want to have fun with this this NBA podcast episode. I asked the guys to write down a few little jots of things that they personally found to be intriguing to them, like storylines or players that they really want to see play out in this season, things that they're looking forward to personally. Since you're the guest, Sloan, I'll let you get your first one off. What is one of the top things you're excited for in this upcoming NBA season? Well, I'll go right back to it. I mean, the Celtics have probably the best six-man rotation in basketball. Uh, and I think the, the question is, will they stay healthy? How can they make uh, midseason moves that will improve them a little bit? Will they have enough depth, especially at the big man positions, to actually contend? Uh, because that's been a problem in the past with them. If they got Luke Cornett playing significant minutes at center, I think we got major issues. Uh, my boy, yeah, jumping and bobbing and weaving and uh, jumping 15 feet away from shooters and stuff, making people laugh while they're stroking three-pointers. Uh, but it's it's a great, great squad. I, the Drew Holiday, I think they gave up a lot for, but I think he's, uh, he's an amazing defender, and I think uh, he brings a lot of leadership, quiet leadership to this team. Um, so I, I definitely enthused about the Celts. And of course, the Celtics and Bucks rivalry is renewed with Drew, uh, you know, former Buck coming over to the Celts. He uh, <laughs> he got traded right after saying he wanted to be a Buck for life. So uh, I think he'll have <laughs> he'll have a little uh, extra dog in that fight personally. Um, and then I think the, the Bucks are going to be a fantastic offense, but. I think they might have taken a couple of steps backwards defensively. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how everything shakes out in the East. The Philly drama. I mean, there's just so much, so many storylines in the Eastern Conference. It's, uh, it's a wild thing to see. I will say, like, with the Celtics personally, I think that's one of the biggest storylines. How will injury affect them? Because, like you said, great six-man depth, but they're going to have to rely heavily on guys that they haven't relied on before. Peyton Pritchard. Sam Hauser, other guys. D, are you a believer of the Celtics this year? I am, and again, I I give my you know my grievances with the Celtics. I always like to talk shit just because of the New England side of me. Um, but they have like like Sloan was saying, the top six rotation, right? Like that that is a really good team. It's seven after. That's the problem, especially when we talked about like what is going on in Phoenix. When you got KD, you got Beal, and you got Booker, and then you are like who else? 
Well, right now, Celtics got their starting five. They may have that six man off the bench. But if if their success is going to be dependent on the guys that aren't called the Jays, I get nervous with that. Meaning it doesn't matter how good Jason Tatum is. doesn't matter how good Jalen Brown is. They're both all NBA. Play- What's that? There's three Jays now. Yeah, whatever. Not Drew. We're just saying Jason and Jalen. But essentially, those two are all NBA players. And your season doesn't depend on those two. It depends on the health of the other players around them. And that's just that that part is scary where, you know, you could have MVP level Jalen, excuse me, Jason Tatum. You'd have all NBA Jalen Brown. But if Chris Stapps Porzingis goes down, that's a big problem. If Drew Holiday misses time, that's a big problem. So like that's only that that's my only like nervousness around around this team this season. Yeah, it's it's, like, it's, they, don't, they don't have trade of assets either. One guy goes down. Like you said, I mean, that's what are they going to do? Then they're, they're not going to, they don't have back end uh, roster flexibility to, to just flip people with picks. So, you know, if once they start this year, the, the player, uh, the, the accept, player trade exception that they have, that goes away. So it's, uh, they're kind of all in with this. And uh, if things go wrong, then they're going to have to hope that they get something in the buyout market. Or uh, or or flex on people at, at the trade deadline with picks, but sh- good lord, it's it's a scary thing, but it's a very exciting thing for sure. Yeah, I was trying to look up the picks that they own currently because I I think of all the top contenders, they're not in bad spot as far as their arsenal, right? Like they're not completely depleted. Am I right on that one, Sloan? Uh, no, they they've got plenty of picks. Uh, just the problem is they uh, you know, they just extended uh, Pritchard preseason MVP Peyton Pritchard. Um, so they're not going to be able to flip him. Uh, and then, you know, probably going to have a tough time flipping uh, Horford, but I, I think they're going to hold on to Horford anyway, just because he's such a defensive uh, specialty for uh, against Giannis and just, and just about to say that. Yep. Big players like that. Um, so yeah, I think they, they kind of just got to ride it out and hope that uh, if, if they do encounter any injuries, they assign somebody, in the in the buyout market later on a veteran that wants a ring on the bright side you know your roster today is not your roster at the uh start of the playoffs so they can make moves they can add through free agency or free agency like buyouts or or trades uh d for yourself what is your one of your more more intriguing storylines you're looking forward to i'm looking forward to these rookies and obviously we got we got wemby like that's number one um the reason why i'm saying that is this is a lot of hype like we talked about the amount of we didn't get a chance to talk about because social media was just now kicking off when LeBron James came into the league. We kind of got a little bit of a taste of it with Zion. Zion kind of fell off the face of the earth, unfortunately, with injuries and missing time. But like now it's back with Wembenyama. Like we're seeing things, at least from the preseason, like the dunk that he had that made the dude like look over was like, what the hell is going on? Thomas like, Bryant. <laughs> yeah, like Thomas Bryant been in the league for a couple of years, right? I know that he was with the Wizards. I don't know if he's still with the Wizards now, but like he was with the Lakers at one point. He's with the Heat. But like, like it's a big dude. He's 7'4", right? Something that we've never seen be able to dribble down the court, pull up mid-range. People saying he's Kevin Durant. Like he's he's got all these like like moves. It's just, it's a lot, right? So I want to make sure, and I hope that it plays out the way that it's supposed to, the way that Zion was supposed to, because he's got a good field against him, right? You got Chet coming back. This is why I say the rookie field. You got Chet coming back as technically a rookie contender for rookie of the year. You got Scoot. You got Scoot that has the keys now that Damian Lillard is gone. You got Brandon Miller, who's actually pretty decent in preseason. And obviously the Thompson brothers just keep dunking on everybody. So like, I think you have a better 
rookie class already, not just like saying because it's Wemby, but just like the class one through six compared to where we were last year talking about this with your boy Paulo Bancaro and essentially nobody else because check up check got hurt in the offseason. Um, I got you two questions, follow for you, Sloan. Number one, first D mentioned a bunch of rookies this year. And I'm curious what your take is on the the betting lines for rookie of the year. Cause I know it opened up with Wemby being this massive minus like 200 favorite. And now I, he might be getting plus money. So people are really liking some of the other rookies. So I'm curious your take on that. And then secondarily to that, you know, from day one, when I started talking about Victor Wembanyama, before we can even pronounce his name, he was a, the biggest hater because like he doesn't like hype. And I'm curious, <laughs> your your take as someone who's watched basketball for a long time and does this, you know, analyst for a living, is the hype justified? Uh, I think the hype is definitely justified. I mean, this guy has massive talent across the board. He's, he's got a skill set that we've just never seen with a guy his size and length. Um, so it's, I mean, he's already doing things in preseason that we've never seen before. And seven, seven foot four guy grabbing a steal from a point guard who's, you know, thinks he's got the ball <laughs> secured. He's, he's starting a fast break and then throwing it down at the end of the break. I, it, it was just, I, 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 can't, I couldn't even believe my eyes. It was like something you saw, you'd see in like a video game if you had the cheat code or something, or if you put it on rookie mode. Uh, but just the, the way that he can handle the ball, his passing vision, which is underrated because he's so good at everything else, his his instinct defensively and his ability to shuffle his feet defensively like a guard, and just his quick, you know, his second hop, not that he even really needs to hop because <laughs> he's got a standing reach of like eight feet. I mean, it's just – it's absolutely – it's outrageous. It's not even fair. He's an alien. He's been made in some factory or something. I, it's uh, it's pretty wild. Uh, but you know, that being said, I don't know if I would I would put money on him for rookie of the year just because it almost seems like so much of a storyline, too much of a storyline that it seems too easy, and that it, something's going to happen to screw it up. You know, it's kind of like Christian McCaffrey and uh, Justin Jefferson, like winning offensive player of the year, like. I, I don't know if I can trust the the favorite ever these days. Uh, and then you know you've got Craig Pop, Popovich who has said that he Wembenyana has improved this this organization and made this organization more more valuable than it's ever been before. You know, and this is an organization that's won a ton of championships, and they're they're evaluating this team and saying that they have a valuation of a half a a billion dollars i can't even say that half a billion dollars since he got there like it's that's how much he has improved the value of this team they're not going to run him out there for 70 games so you know it's and he doesn't need to play 65 games to win rookie of the year that's the one like award that is the exception for the 65 game minimum thing but at the same time scoot henderson's going to play 70 80 games and he's going to have a huge role in portland so I mean, I, I don't, I don't trust going going after the the front runner in that award when when Scoot's going to be gunning for it all year, and he Scoot probably has that that thing on his shoulder that's like, hey, I'm pretty nasty too. <laughs> Come watch me. You don't have to put me in your your primetime games, but I'm going to ball out. <laughs> He's replacing Dame. Can you imagine? Coming in as a ball dominant point guard and replacing Damian Lillard, I mean, he's gonna take a lot of shots up there. 
And then you got Chet Holmgren, who's eligible for rookie of the year as well. And he's pretty nasty as well. And the Thunder are going to be a lot better than the Spurs. So, uh, yeah, I'm not, I'm, I love the idea of Wemby. Uh, I've seen him going in like the late second round, early third round of fantasy drafts, even in expert leagues. Uh, but I, I want to put my money on him for rookie of the year. Yeah, I think for me, it really comes down to defensive stats for uh, Wemby, you know, because he's going to have a, a, a growing a learning curve offensively. They're trying to figure out how they're going to play Wemby on the court. Um, I just think defensively, he's he's a weird player, as uh, our buddy Shea would, would say. He's a weird type of player, kind of like, and this is not comparing him to Bo Bo, but I watched Bo Bo look like a defensive monster in Orlando for 15 games last year, and they figured out how to kind of play um, adjust for it. I just think Wemby's something that no one's ever seen before on a court, and players are going to have a tough time adjusting to kind of like, oh, he can he can block that, he can steal that. So, you know, I think Wemby's best chance of winning Rookie of the Year is being an absolute monster defensively, which he's capable of. Um, speaking of our, our buddy Shay, which I'm sure he's listening on podcast the next day, as he does when we talk basketball, my first most intriguing storylines of this season and this will, this will perk him up, is Cade Cunningham. It's a, I wanted to go hipster on this pick. Um, and for me, it's like he is a guy who coming into the NBA, people thought had Hall of Fame level potential. I'm not saying he's a Hall of Famer, but potential to be that caliber player. And we know, I don't know which GM or coach had said this in the past, but kind of when the player gets to year three, you know who they are and what they are. He's entering that year three, a pivotal year three for Cade Cunningham. Hasn't really shown a lot so far. He has he's had flashes, but you know, injuries have derailed him and also just being in Detroit never helps. So I am curious to see can Cade Cunningham break through the wall, the proverbial wall, and solidify himself as a top 35-ish NBA player, kind of like fringe, like maybe not an all-star, but someone who at least their their names mentioned at least once throughout the conversation. I think you'll see a better version of him because of the talent that is around him now. Um, not to say that the Pistons are like a, a fringe Eastern Conference playoff team, maybe not even a, a play-in, but they drafted obviously one of the Thompson brothers. We saw a revitalized uh, Wiseman, you know, at the end of last season, and obviously we have the preseason this year. Uh, I think they have one of the Bogdanovich brothers, Bohan. You can potentially get something out of a Marvin Bagley the third like I think I'm not saying that they have a great roster what I'm saying is he's got better players around him that you might you might allow him to at least elevate it's not just him where it was last year the all, all white guys with the last name with Vich they aren't they're not related by the way just Bohan Bogdanovich he's not he's not one of the he's not Bogdan's brother they are not related they're not even from the country. same Country <laughs> missed that one by a mile. My apologies. Both great shooters, though. <laughs> yeah, I was supposed to say they play great, very similar, very similar basketball. Three and D basketball for both of them. But uh, yeah, missed would, that one. Let's say, uh, was it which one's in Atlanta? Is Bogdan? Bogdanovich. Uh, yeah, he, he's he has more handle. He he's, he can do a little more than 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 both. The other one, I I don't know. They're Bogd Bogdan and Bogdan. Bohan Bohan. Uh, Bohan is in Detroit. He's a Bohan. he's a spot shooter. Yeah, um, he, he did more for them than uh, I think anybody expected last year. I mean, last year he was actually taking the ball off the dribble and and creating his own shots, which we never saw in Utah. Uh, he actually had an incredible year. He came through on my da- dynasty team for the uh, in the aforementioned Shays Dynasty League. 
but yeah, I love Cade. I, I'm with uh, you, Trudeau, and I'm with I'm with Seamus as well. Cade has such a massive potential. I mean, we only saw him in 11 games last year, uh, but he averaged 21 points, seven rebounds, six and a half assists. 1.2 steals, 0.7 blocks. And it's the sky's the limit with him. He shoots good free throws. He gets to the line because he's very athletic and has that quick first step. Uh, he's got a strong burst. He's got a good court vision. So um, you know him with Monty Williams as a coach. I mean, that's it's that's like an unbelievable pairing right there. And I think that the like you said that the team, the supporting cast around him has gotten a lot better. So I, I think Cade is going to be a fringe all-star if he can play enough games this year. So uh, I'm definitely – I'm with him. I got a few fringe all-stars, though. So it's, I definitely I definitely want to get to those. I just – when I think of Kate, I think in a similar vein, and D, you'll perk up with this one, Zion, where it's like we know the potential is there with these guys, but it's like can you put it together for a full season? And that's what I want to see for Kate because maybe Kate's one of those guys that just – you we keep saying potential, 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 potential – and whether it's health or just bad, you know, bad coaching, bad teammates, whatever, it just never kind of comes together. And we look down like, oh shit, Cade's 26 and he's never been an all-star. Like, I just don't want it, that to happen to him. So like year three, super important for the NBA for a young player. You should have taken a big leap by now. And I want to see Cade rise, rise to the occasion. Um, uh, well, you know, tibial left tibial fracture. I mean, they, he had to deal with that. You know, he's, it's something that he had to go into the knife, fix it. And if he, if you tried to just rest or load management like uh, LeBron did with his injury, it would have ended poorly. So, yeah. um, you know, it's he had to do it, and here here he is. Time to time to make up for lost time. Well, I'm sure the people aren't here for all Cade Cunningham Detroit talk. Is that for Seamus? <laughs> um, so Sloan, what is your next most interesting storyline slash player to watch this season? Uh, I'm wondering what the uh, the Knicks are going to do. We're hearing a lot of tra trade rumors swirling around the Knicks. Uh, obviously, a lot of trade rumors involving Julius Randle, R.J. Barrett, some of those young players that um, you know might be seen as assets to other teams, especially if they're paired with uh, with picks. Will we see Donovan Mitchell end up there? Will we see Carl Anthony Towns end up there? I, I think the Knicks have showed a lot of promise uh, under the under. They're coaching, and I, I think that they're actually going to be a surprise team. So you might actually see some stars want to go over there uh, by the end of the season or by the uh, by the trade deadline. So I'm keeping an eye on them, see what's going on over there. But yeah, I've I've heard so many different trade rumors coming out of that camp. Yeah, Knicks, Knicks are always the perennial team because they have so many draft assets, and uh, they're rumored to be in the in the hunt for everyone. I know they were a big rumored like oh Giannis maybe go to the Knicks, but I don't know. They added uh, Dame, so it increases the likelihood Giannis signs. D, I don't. For me, the answer is no. But D, do you do you buy the Knicks as a big mover this this season, or do you think they're going to probably stay pat potentially with what they have? You know, that's news to me. Obviously, Sloan has a little bit more feedback um, when it comes to like the ins and outs. I didn't even know that the Knicks were thinking about moving any pieces or anything like that. There's always talks about Julius Randle being on the go because. He's been on the go everywhere he plays, um, essentially, especially how he performed in the playoffs last year. Um, but I thought they were trying to run it back with this team. You know, I think R.J. Barrett kind of outplayed his potential last season. I think he's uh, he's a little bit better. Uh, he played a little bit better last season compared to the previous years. Um, you get another year of Jalen Brunson, which, you know, he continues to run the offense. I, I just feel they are a piece away. 
but I don't know if they're a piece away if they give away assets. See what I'm saying? Like, I think they they take a step back, not to say Julius Randle is like, like the end-all be-all, but like he is the all-NBA player type on that team. So you get rid of him, and you're going to most likely have to get rid of another piece to bring in another all-NBA player. Who are you getting in return for? I feel like you're going to get another style of Julius Randle, lower-end all-NBA third-team player, and does that really move the needle for the Knicks? I don't, I don't believe it does. It all depends. Is Minnesota uh, going to hold on to Cat? Are they going to keep that that Cat and Gobert thing together? Um, does New York trust Jalen Brunson to take another step forward? Because in my eyes, Jalen Brunson was an All Star last year. If I had a vote, he would have been the All Star there, not Julius Randle. And I don't think that's even a hot take. I mean, he was he was absolutely nasty. Um, but you know, 17 and eight after they acquired Josh Hart, because that was the leadership that they needed. They needed somebody that would come in, get their asses in shape and give, give them some, some direction and some order. And, you know, Josh Hart's not a big scorer, but he gives his all to every single play and he's going in there and hustling for rebounds that Julius Randall doesn't get in the playoffs and that Julius Randall, he's making defensive plays that Julius Randall doesn't make. And I think sometimes it's addition by subtraction. You've got Julius Randle taking shots at the end of games that he should not be taking. He's taking three-point shots, too. Use your bulk. Use your strength. Get down low. Draw a foul. I, I've seen so many different Knicks games get ruined by Julius taking last-second shots and then barking for a foul from the refs. So I'm over him. I think the Knicks have a lot more promise with you know if they can get a good piece back for him i agree with you d they need to get make sure that they improve if they unload him uh they can't just you know flip him for for a, a downgrade because they're they're a team that can win now if they put it all together for me it's it's interesting you guys mentioned cat because when i think of tom thibodeau cat is the least compatible player i can think of the mr grind grind you down coach and cat who's historically people believe him to be a, a soft kind of a soft player I don't think it's just a belief. I think it's a fact. He's, he's, he's ever for a big man, but <laughs> I will digress. Um, just so we can get to the another, another topics, just I'm just going to rat to tell my last things I was interested in this this offseason. You guys can throw throw in the hat a couple you you want to do. Um, obviously, James Harden. Like, how does that end up? I at this point, I my personal belief is that he ends up by playing at least a portion of the season with the Philadelphia 76ers. I know there's some sort of contractual obligation where if he doesn't play, um, he cannot become a free agency next free agent next year. We'll see if he ends up by getting shipped away. Uh, the thunder for me, interesting, right? Cause everyone's like, Ooh, they're up and coming. They're going to take this leap. Oh my God, the thunder. But are they so like, is, are they going to live up to those, those expectations? And then finally, like, I'm curious as hell to see what happens with the Dallas Mavericks because it's been a circus there. Uh, you know, they acquired Kyrie. They pretty much tanked out of the playoffs last year and out of the play-in. What are the Mavericks going to look like? Is it going to be more of a shit show or is it going to be something that's worth watching? So those are a couple of things I'm interested in. I don't know if you guys have any like brief comments on those before we ask you guys your last uh, thoughts on the season. D, did you have anything that excited you out of those? No, not really. Tell you the truth. Sorry. The Mavericks are going to suck. They, I don't think they're going to make the playoffs. They might make the play in and then lose, but that it, it's a bum mentality when you got Kyrie in the house. It's uh, we've never seen Luca hang his head down as low as when Kyrie was there, and Kyrie basically said he didn't care. 
You know, he didn't care that they were losing, whatever. And Luca, I hate to say that Luca is, you know, easily influenced by the people around him, but Kyrie is a magnanimous character. He's he's a he's a larger than life character, and for whatever reason that I don't know, the players around him tend to uh, tend to like him. And and you know, when you have energy that's that that bad, that foul, it can affect the team in a major way. I just told you about Josh Hart, how his high energy and high character affected the Knicks in a positive way. Well, Kyrie affected the the Mavericks in a negative way. And they were the 27th ranked defense last year with Kyrie. And they got rid of Dorian Finney-Smith, who was their best perimeter defender. So what are they going to do now? They, They can't defend anybody in the half court. I don't think they have a good coach. And, you know, they lost a couple of their uh, spot shooters that stretched the floor. So if you have any injuries with Kyrie or Luka, Luka, who they rely on so much, so, so much to win games, then they're absolutely screwed. So I'm I'm pounding the under for them. I think their over-under is like 43 or 45. It's um, way under, and I'm, I'm betting them to not make the playoffs. I was going to ask you, was that going to be one of your uh, picks for the next segment over under? I'm going to yeah. look up the number. I think it's Spoiler. <laughs> I'm so glad that you just hit exactly the points that we had talked about. Or I tried to talk about when we were doing this last year, right before we had someone come on the show and say that the Mavericks were going to win the, the NBA championship. Oh, my God. That dude was out of nowhere. But yeah, it was like, look, like not not to say that like he's a, a bridge burner, but wherever Kyrie goes, it the team is in shambles, and the the Mavericks are no different. They were, I think, the sixth seed or the fifth seed before he got there, and then they missed the play in. Like again, I'm not gonna say it's all his fault, but like is, there's history behind us. We're going on five or six years of history dating all the way back to the way that he left Cleveland, and it just repeats itself and repeats itself and repeats itself. Yeah, I mean, they were 38 and 44. I mean, that's just so rotten. I mean, granted, they they didn't have a center, you know, an NBA caliber starting center, and they didn't have people that can lock down threes, and they didn't have defense. But um, hey, can I sell you? Can I sell you on a in shape, motivated Luca? No. He's actually in shape this year, guys. Look it up. He he doesn't have his beer belly to come to the season. Uh, D, last last couple of ones for you. Anything last that we haven't gotten to that kind of has you intrigued for the season? Yeah, uh, because I, I went into the mud with them last year saying you just don't want to play them in the playoffs, but I don't have the same feeling. I feel like the Miami Heat are going to take a significant step backwards. Um, they lost out on the sweepstakes for Dame. They lost out on the sweepstakes for any free agent. They lost, I think it was Max Struess. Um, to the Cavs and they lost uh, Gabe Vincent to the Lakers they got worse and yeah I understand that like they were really good you know they hit that hot that hot run that I said hey don't does the team you don't want to play in the playoffs because they're just going to beat you up but they're they're getting older they're losing their players and they're losing that mentality like I don't like it. You know what I'm saying? Like, I understand, you know, Jimmy Butler did his thing in the, in the off season to make, you know, the jokes for media day and whatnot. But I just don't like that they're losing players and the East is getting stronger while they're going backwards. Um, so I, I just don't see them being anywhere near how they were last season. I think this is a team that you may see bottom tier playing, maybe even miss the playoffs this year. Yeah, but they were playing last year and look what happened. I just don't see it. Not this year. No, I don't see it with this roster that they have, especially because they missed out on the they missed out on free agency. 
they literally put all of the chips to, to the side to try to get Dame Lillard and missed out on everybody. To 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 defend the Heat and all that, slow and get in really quick. I don't think they built this team, nor do they pride themselves on being a whatever seed and having regular season wins. This team is built specifically to be a pain in the ass in the playoffs and grind you to death in a seven game series. So if they end up with a uh, an eight seed, seven seed, I don't think they really care as long as they can find playoff success. Yeah. Uh, I agree with that. I mean, the, the Lakers and heat both prove that you don't really need to have uh, the one seed if you, if you show out in the playoffs, but uh, I kind of agree with D this team definitely didn't improve very much. They, I mean, Josh Richardson is an okay addition because he's a three and D guy, but I, I just don't think he's a game changer for them. Uh, I, I think that, you know, they lost a couple of their, their big, uh, you know, glory, uh, glorious undrafted uh players and uh gabe vincent and of course who else did they lose max, yeah. max, Struz, max Struz. yeah so max Struz would probably be banging threes as a starting small forward for the, the Cavs now uh you know you add thomas bryant and josh richardson does that really does that enthuse you does that that doesn't seem like a game changer to me yeah but they still have duncan robinson who can fill that void <laughs> duncan robinson is not good (laughs) i remember when our friend colin tried to say that duncan robinson was better than tyler hero and i I, I was like what in the you don't know basketball anymore you don't know ball that's what all the kids say right you don't know ball it's like you can't talk to me about nba anymore colin (laughs) you also said that joe harris was like a top 50 player 75 player in the league or he was or he was a very good player yeah, 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 I think he knocked down three or two. Yeah, I think he said he was the best white player. <laughs> yes, and we were like, "What? Oh my god, smart guy!" Uh, yeah, you're relying on Kevin Love and and Kyle Lowry as as two of your core rotation pieces. That's it's not going to work out well. It's they they might not sneak into the play in, and you can't sneak in and be a pesky postseason team if you don't sneak into the play in. Um, all right, so what is your last intriguing thing, Sloan, that you, you're you looking forward to see play out in the season? I'm with you on the Thunder, man. I, I want to go back to the Thunder because they got some some nasty talent there and, the, and a good coach, and I think they just believe in their that team. They believe in the identity that they've developed. And Chet Holmgren is he's quietly a, a, a very, very passionate, very, very uh, multi-talented player, and Shea Gilgis Alexander on a winning team, he could be MVP. He could absolutely be MVP. He's got so much talent and so much confidence. And if they can just get a little bit better defensively, um, you know, they got Jalen Williams, who I think is a, a very underrated perimeter defender. I think he might be on the, the all defensive radar by the end of the year and not just because he racks up a lot of steals. Uh, they've got Josh Giddy, who's a very talented playmaker and, uh, you know, has a lot of the, the skills that, that people love out of uh, tall point guards or tall ball, ball carriers, ball carriers, I'm moving back to NFL. Uh, but they just have a lot of, a lot of talent. And I, I think that they're going to explode and move into like the probably mid forties for, uh, for wins. Two questions, one for D really quick. And I had this argument with our friend Seamus, uh, Josh Giddy, yay or nay on the hair? Good hair, bad hair? Good hair. 
great okay. hair, great great, hair. Okay. great lettuce up there. Yep. I was I was the anti giddy hair guy. I got I got trash for that. Apparently, I'm not gonna get any support on this one. And then for you, Sloan. So like range of outcomes in your opinion for the Thunder. At your at your most optimistic seed for the Thunder in the West is blank, and your most pessimistic seed for the Thunder is blank. Um, optimistically, I'd say they could compete for a four seed and get a get home court at least in one round of the playoffs, which I think in Oklahoma city means something, you know, cause their team, their, their fan base is awesome. That's, that's a, a team you go there, you feel, you feel the intensity of the fans behind them. And that I think they're going to get back to that, the back to the, the days of, you know, Westbrook being a, a top five player in the NBA and Paul George knocking down huge clutch shots for them. I think that they're, they're going to move up to that. And I think before you know it, these these major uh, television networks are going to be a little upset that they didn't put OKC in more primetime games because that's going to be a very, very watchable team. I don't think that's crazy. Uh, I could see Nuggets probably ahead of them, right? Suns will pencil in the Warriors. Could they finish ahead of... The Timberwolves, Lakers, Clippers with injuries, Kings, Grizzlies with question marks. I don't think that's unreasonable. I think they can finish ahead of the Warriors. The Warriors. I'm mean, yeah. No, they're they're well, older. I guess like pick Warriors or Lakers. We'll put one of them ahead of them. I I could see them finishing ahead of one of those potentially. Like best case, worst case, you think they could miss the play in, or do you think they're just too talented at this point to to be that low? Well, worst case is Chet gets hurt again, and uh, you know a couple of the players, maybe Giddy and or Williams, don't take a step forward offensively. Um, so, you know that's probably worst case. But um, I, just, I could not see this team not competing for the play-in with Chet. I mean, it's, yeah, they were already a team that a lot of uh, playoff teams didn't want to see in the postseason, and now you're adding Chet to that team. It's that's. To me, that seems like a very lethal team to, to have to go up against. I don't know why I asked for your worst case. It's like, tell me why people are going to get hurt and suck. Like, <laughs> now, uh, I'll be rooting for the Thunder. It'll be it'll be a fun watch, definitely. It'll be a, a league pass top five team to watch. That might be a good top five, Liz D. Top five league pass teams to watch. Okay, I'll think about that one. Then the memory banks for later. Let's let's hit those uh, those uh, that over under segment and get some money for our people. All right, so we're going to talk a little over-under season totals. Uh, we're going to go off of, I think most of us probably use some sort of sports book. I use DraftKings. You could use whatever you want to use um, until someone starts paying us to talk about their sports books and how we're losing money to them. We'll try to be efficient with this segment just because time. I have a really fun game, Ben, I want to play, and I know, Sloan, you have to. Uh, you might have to bounce a little early today. So I'm going to jump us right off the jump, and you guys can tell me why I'm wrong or right on this one. I'm going to go with my first over-under. I'm taking an over. I want to start optimistic. I'm going to go with my Orlando Magic. I'm a little scared about the number. I thought it would be a little lower. It's 37 and a half. So that's 38 wins. Uh, last year, they had 34 wins. And let me just let me just sit, praise, uh, start with this. For the months of October and November, the Magic were 5 and 17. They started off abysmal. Young team trying to figure it out. The meat of the season, December through March, they went 28 and 27. They were an above 500 team for that huge chunk of the season. And then the last month, they actually went to super bad tank mode, 
one and four. I think what you saw over the course of the season is this Orlando Magic team develop, get older. I think they will be hovering somewhere around 500, maybe a couple games below 500 this year. I'm expecting Franz Wagner to take a huge step forward. I think this guy's a fringe all-star, if not all-star caliber, caliber player. Paolo Bancaro played with Team USA this offseason. I expect him to take another step forward. I think they have a really good core. I like this Magic team. 37.5 kind of scares me because, you know, there's it's a decent jump from last year, but at the same time, the East isn't as deep. Um, and I think they can hit this mark based on their second half performance. I don't see that being a bad thing that you're going for. I know that you're going to stick with the Homer thing. Spoiler alert, same here for me. Um, so I don't see that. I know that you're always going to talk them up. Um, I think this might be a year that Paulo has a really good jump. You know, I know that Sloan was saying earlier, year three is when you determine uh, essentially, oh, I think it was Trudeau. Sorry about that. Year three is when uh, you determine like where an NBA player is going to go. I think Paulo's here. He's here to stay. Like I think he's just going to continue getting better. So he may be able to carry that team, you know, for the long haul, just to scrape over that thirty-eight win mark. So I think he could be good on that one. Yeah, I like the Magic. Uh, I think they need to deal a couple of pieces. Like they got way too many point guards. Like they should yeah. deal Jalen Suggs or you know try to try to get bring in a veteran that that gives them a little bit more uh, you know silent leadership out on the court. Uh, but you know doesn't do it for you. Suggs doesn't do it for me. Uh, but I do love Franz. You know I'm hold I'm holding on to Franz as a keeper in my fantasy league. So definitely big on him. Uh, very big on Paul Vanchero. And, uh, you know, I, I just worry about their defense sometimes. Um, I, I do like Wendell Carter as a, a rebounder, but I don't think he's that much of a, a force as a defensive presence down there. Um, so I think that would be my issue. Plus, like you said, the East got better. So it's not going to be uh, it's not going to be a cup of tea getting to the to the 38 win mark. But um you can bet that for sure. I think that's a, that's an alright bet. <laughs> I think the one, one worry with them also is their front court depth. Um, you know, behind Wendell Carter, isn't there's, there's uh, one of the Wagner brothers, Mo Wagner, and then uh, Batazde. I believe they have uh, Gogo Batazde. No, some some, some Batazde guy. Uh, so yeah, we'll see. We'll see. I, I I I'm debating betting that over. I still haven't pulled the trigger yet, but I think I have to do it for the home squad. So Sloan, let me give you your first over under. All right, all right. Which one do I want to go with? Which one do I like the Our most? Positive. Let me give me an over. Someone you feel good about. Let's let's start with the positive vibes. Good vibes only. All right. Well, I guess I'll say over on the Bulls. Whoa! And a lot of people, <laughs> lot of people don't like that one, but um, let's let's talk about how Zach Levine took a step forward at the end of last season. He is going to continue to have that high usage rate. And I think he is going to ball out and be an all NBA player this year. Uh, I also think you're going to see uh, DeMar DeRozan take the last second shots again this year, because he is the clutch guy on that team. And they lost a lot of close games last year. Uh, the year before they won a lot of close games because they went to DeRozan. Um, so and I, I also think that the Nuggets proved last year that if you bring in some small pieces, some lesser known, you know, not household names that can improve the, the core identity of your team, you are going to produce a lot more wins. So they brought in Javon Carter, Torrey Craig, two guys that I think are big difference makers. Javon Carter is a great 
uh, creator, great playmaker. He can get you a couple steals a game. Uh, and I think he will fill that void that they've had at point guard for many years now. Uh, and I think you're also going to get a lot of great perimeter defense from Torrey Craig and the occasional clutch shot from him because he's played for many years on many good teams. And they, you know, even the, the some of the best teams in the league have gone to him as their starting small forward because he is very talented. Um, you got good rebounding off the bench with uh, with Dremo. Um and I think Vucevic is one of the more underrated centers. I think he can he can get you 11 rebounds in his sleep, and he's knocking down threes for them sometimes. Hopefully he doesn't take too many threes because sometimes I think they fall in love with that. Uh, I want to see him banging down low a little bit more. But, yeah, I like the I like the Bulls. Over 37 and a half? Come on, 37 and a half is nothing. They can hit that easy. I would say, like, first of all, you ruined one of my is is he still in the league? Because Andre Drummond was one I was gonna ask. I didn't know he, <laughs> he's one of those that was too easy. Ah, uh, yeah, that, that might have been an easy one, but he's one of those guys where it's like, is he actually a good basketball player or is he just good at getting rebounds? But uh, I digress. The one thing with the Bulls is like their plague has been the three-point shot and space in the floor. I don't know if they've addressed that that issue with DeRozan and then Vucevic, you know, they think he's oh Vucevic is a big who can shoot. He that's not him anymore. He I think he shoots below 35% at this point from the three-point line. So, I don't know. Uh, nah, do you, he was above 30. Come on, he was above I'll, 30. I'll look it he up. He had a couple of bad, bad months at the end of I this. I will look it up what his season stat was while D talked. D, you pumped. You gave me a fist yeah, bump. Yeah, right. Well, I gave a fist bump because he chose the Bulls and you were talking about Zach Levine being an all-NBA player. So, I'm a big fan of that. Um, Trudeau's always going to talk shit about Vucevic, so it doesn't matter what you do and how how much you t- pump up his stats. I loved him. He's, a, he's all yeah. When he was a Magic, he was he was all for him, but now he's he left. He says that he's the worst center in the league. So Vucevic, just, you know that, what that always ha- that always happens when we do this. He is. You, you know, you go to the mall. They have those uh, those glass things that they go in circles to go in and out. The revolving door. That's that's his defensive strategy. He's a revolving door. <laughs> all right all right all right um just because you did the homer i'm gonna stick with the homer as well on this one i don't care if it's 47 and a half i'm going over with the lakers um the reason why i'm going over and yeah you can give me all the looks that you want lebron james played at an mvp level the way that he finished last season anthony davis is going to be for what i believe with what he's done in the offseason a perennial NBA or NBA play, MVP player again. They got more depth, obviously. They got Vanderbilt coming back, but they picked up Christian Wood, Torian Prince, which are going to be able to spill AD whenever he gets a chance or anybody from the wing position. And then we slept on, you know, the, the additions of Rui Hachimura and, and the, I would say, increased volume from Austin Reeves. This team is deep. And you might joke around. They got to the Eastern, excuse me, they got to the Western Conference Finals. LeBron James and AD have the ability of staying healthy because they don't have to have as much, I would say, on their plate. You joke around, but like, look what happened post trade deadline last year. They were the best team in the NBA. And now that they have this team, I would say, fit for the long haul, regular season and postseason. I think that they could be a 50 win team. And that's not just a homer thing, that's just where they're at talent wise right now. Uh, to close the loop on our previous discussion, Nikola Vucevic shot 34%, 34.9% from three last year. So not not a great three-point shot. And, and three, 31% the year before, so I don't you know. Said he, you said he's not a 35% shooter. He was one below. He was right. Exactly. He's not a 35% three-point shooter. Um, 
If we bet on that, I would I would throw up. <laughs> That's a bad beat if I ever heard one. Uh, D, I'm going to go first and counter you because my my next pick was going to be Lakers under mm-hmm. seven and a half, and I'm going to tell you exactly why you're wrong. Mm-hmm. I think the big factor here, and you casually just roll over like, oh yeah, they, they'll, of course they'll be healthy, is health. They, yes, they had a great second half last year. They also had one of the easiest back half schedules in the NBA the second half of the season. So, like, yeah, they they were killing teams. They were killing bad teams. Not only they were bad teams, D, but they were bad teams actively trying to lose to get Wembenyama. So, like, factor that in. Yeah. Games played over the past couple seasons. 2020 for LeBron, 45, 56, 55. So LeBron's pretty consistent 55. I, I will give LeBron 55 games, so he's going to miss... What is that like? Twenty-eight games. AD from twenty twenty, thirty-six games, forty games, fifty-six games. You tell me what number is the anomaly there? Because I'll tell you, last year, while he only played fifty-six games, that's a real high number for AD at this point in his career. I think that you cannot expect him to be this as as healthy this year. And I'm going to fade the Lakers because I think that LeBron's getting up there in age. He cannot play. 56 minutes, uh, 56 games, excuse me, 35 minutes a night. And I am worried that AD is not going to be there and healthy for the season. I am like, uh, again, uh, not going to say annoyed, but just like getting to the spot where like you said at this point in his career, Anthony Davis is legit in his prime. He's 30 years old. This is when you, when you are at like your best NBA, like between 28 and 32, and you said at this point in his career, I don't know if he could stay healthy. Like, if there's a time for him to be able to stay healthy, it's now. Like, out, out of any time of it, like, obviously when he's, like, 18, 19 years old. But, like, this is where he's full-formed into, like, his position that he's going to be. 6'10", 250 pounds. Like, he's going to be fit going into the season. I meant, like, sample size from, like, the previous th- three to four seasons. I just can't trust AD's health. Well, we're obviously split on this. So, Sloan. <laughs> Here's the moderator right here. Are you going to take the over or the under on the LA well, Lakers? 47 and a half. I'm going under because, and not because I think the Lakers are not. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know where that came from. It's not because I think the Lakers haven't improved because they definitely did improve. Rob Polinka's moves like at the deadline were major. I mean, these he, he made amazing moves for that team. And they went 18 and eight after the deadline. So, I, I mean, I'm not saying that they're not better, but I'm saying that they proved to themselves that they don't need to win 50 games to make a run at the title. So why would they risk, you know, getting, uh, you know, a 30, 34% usage rate for, for a 39-year-old LeBron James during the regular season if they don't need to? Why would they risk putting uh, AD out there for 38, 40 minutes a game when he seems to get hurt every other game, he falls on the floor and, and it's, you know, as a former Anthony Davis fantasy owner, it's, it's very nerve wracking rooting for that team and rooting for Anthony Davis because you always think that he has suffered a grave injury. And then he's like back out. I'm like, what in the world is going on with this guy? It's like, somebody has got a voodoo doll up in the rafters. Like, but I, I do think that they're still a little top heavy when it comes to, uh, you know, get, get me a bucket. Who's it going to be? It's it's going to be LeBron and AD. And I, I, I still think you're going to see LeBron take plenty of days off. He is in the exception to the NBA's player participation policy. He's played at the 
a ton of games and he's way over 35. So he doesn't need to, to play back to backs. He doesn't need to play when it's a primetime game. Um, so I, I think he's still going to probably see 55, you know, 55 to 65 games tops. And um, I just, I don't think they'll be gunning for a, for a top four seed or anything like that. The West got better. And the Lakers, they're just going to go for it once they get to the postseason. It's going to be the same as last year, and uh, hopefully they'll be they'll be healthy enough to to make another run because I think uh, the NBA is better with a with a good Lakers team. Uh, but I, I think the best chance that they'll have at making a, a postseason run is is not going for forty eight wins in the regular season. The only reason why I would counter this, and I think great points, right? Like they, they are a playoff-based team. They, they get to the playoffs. That's when they're going to make their noise. The reason why I counter it with the talent that they have now or the players that they have on their team, they don't have to worry about not winning 50 games. Like Austin Reeves isn't going to go out there and be like, oh, well, we can just make the playoffs. No, he's a dog. He's going to try to go out there and win games. He's going to take clutch shots. He's going to try to get 30, 40 points per game if you give him the ball. Then you have people that – can get a revitalization. D'Angelo Russell, he's still playing for D'Lo. He's still playing for contracts, right? So, like, there's people that still need to try to show themselves and not just ride the wave to the playoffs and hope that we can win. When they get when when AD and LeBron get spilled, Rui Hachimura, you got D'Lo, you have Austin Reeves, Christian Wood, who's going to be coming off of obviously trying to find his way with that team. You got the uh, Gabe Vincent. These are all guys that aren't just like a team that like, yeah, we could just middle like they're, they're guys that like want want to win. And like that's what I think is going to get them over that hump when you do have AD or LeBron missing time. It's not just a team that's just like, oh, well, we'll wait till they come back. It's guys that want to prove that they can actually be superstars. I just think D'Lo and Christian Wood are two of the worst defenders in the league. So that's that's so that's not a selling point. There's for no me. defense in the regular season, though. We're that, what you're talking about, that's postseason, which is why D'Lo lost time in the postseason. I'm talking regular season, which is they're just going to try to score, get buckets. And I think in the regular season, that's more beneficial when you have depth versus when you don't. And you can just play the game of trying, you know, get to that fourth, fifth, sixth seed, and it doesn't matter. I'll tell you one thing, though. D, you're going to like this. I like the Lakers plus 1,200 to win the NBA championship better than I like them to win 48 wins this, this regular season. I like that. I like that. <laughs> All right. It makes sense. I like it. Um, and, you know, speaking of, like, the playoffs, like, the one thing I'm, I'm curious to see is, like, who is Rui Hachimura? Is he, the, is he playoff Rui or is he the two years we've seen of Rui before that? Uh, Sloan, give me your second, your second and last uh, favorite over under for this upcoming season. Um, let's see here. All right. Uh, did we? Did I already tell you about Dallas and how I think they're under? Yeah, we already talked yeah, about. We can, we can do another one. So let's talk about the Raptors. The Raptors lost Fred Van Vliet, so everybody seems to think that they are going to lose. 50 games this year. Um, I don't think so. I, I think they got a lot better when they brought Jakob Pertle over to the team. Uh, they were, a, they had a 600 winning percentage after Pertle came over. And, uh, and I think OG Ananobi is going to take a step forward this year. I think Scotty, Bur Scotty Barnes is going to take a step forward. Uh, I think Dennis Schroeder is a very, very underrated off season move for that team. And I, I think they needed a coaching change. 
I think the team is bought in now that Nurse is gone because Nurse, he was running those players into the ground, playing them like 42 minutes a game in the regular season. The complete opposite of what Darvin Ham and the Lakers did. He was trying to kill them out there. And they're like, Jesus Christ, you know, this is not like 1980s NBA. What are you trying to run us into the ground for? Uh, but uh, yeah, the Raptors... 36.5. You're going to tell me you got an over under for the Raptors at 36.5. I'm pounding that over all day. There is way too much talent on that team, and they could still make a trade maybe and get even better. So I, I think if they show in the first 25, 30 games that they're a legitimate uh, playoff contender, then they will make a move and they will get better. So I am in on the over for the Raptors. For the podcast audience, I was very ecstatic while Sloan was giving that over under. I was storing the on the screen my my sheet of notes for the show, and I also had the rappers over thirty six and a half. Hours. <laughs> it was very confusing to me what you were doing there while I was talking. But was like, okay. I was just, Sloan was going back and forth trying to make his point and read at the same time. Like, what the hell is Trudeau doing? <laughs> <laughs> you look at some paper. Paper. <laughs> paper. I took the over as well. Um, you know, I will let D. I will let D. Get into in his thoughts. Just one one additional point to add to your great summary of why you, you should take the over. They don't own their first round pick this year, guys. Like they don't have an incentive to be like let's let's suck. I mean, it is top six protected. I will say that. But like if they, if they find themselves where they're just out of the play and it's like. Do we want to tank and potentially not get a pig out of it, or should we just keep fighting forward and try to get into the playing bubble? I think I, I love the over on this team. I bet personally bet the over uh, this team and parlayed it with something else as well. Um, I love this pick. D, are you on board? Are you going to jump on the Raptor train? I think it's a smart one. Um, I think what you just basically went over on how people could take that next step. It's I'm kind of iffy on Scotty Barnes. I think he's a phenomenal talent, but did he peak already? That's my thing. It's like he had such he had such an incredible rookie rookie season. It's like I know he took a step back last year. Let's hope that he can move forward. You know, that's that's a big jump for him. But like I think I, I'm I I like the I like the the additions. I think Schroeder, especially for what he did in the Olympics, is a is a big addition. Uh, not the Olympics, but essentially what he did when was it the Olympics? Just now? Wasn't the Olympics. It was the no, Euro. That was FIBA. Thank you. Thank you. I know it wasn't just the actual. But yeah, I think he's a, he's a great addition no matter where he goes. He he was the same thing when he was in LA, and I think he's going to be a big addition for them in the, in Toronto. All right, D. So let's let's close this out, D. What is your last over under? Yeah, I was going to throw one for an under, but I, I'm going to keep the positivity for this one. I'm actually going Pacers. Uh, Pacers like over it. 38 and a half. I don't know why, but like people are sleeping on Tyrese Halliburton's skills, and like that kid is talented. Uh, I think they have obviously a really good point guard in him, and it's not just him. They got Benedict Matherin, who had a phenomenal season last year. Don't know what's going to go on, obviously with uh, with Miles Turner. So like that's a big, you know, like cloud that's up there if he gets if he gets moved or whatnot. But you got you got the three between him, Bruce, Bruce I mean, um, you got Halliburton, Buddy Hield, and and Matherin. I think that's a really good wing to guard combo when it comes to just getting buckets and playmaking. They added Obi Toppin, so they're going to have some, you know, fun in the paint when it comes to throwing lobs and whatnot. Um, but I like this team getting to at least 400, uh, excuse me, 500, uh, 42 and 42. I could see, excuse me, 41 and 41. I could see them finishing. So I would take the over for them for this. Sloan, are you on board with that one? Um, yeah, I mean, I'm a huge, huge Halliburton fan. Um, but yeah, I, I do like that, that Pacers team a lot. If they can stay healthy and they, 
they play enough defense. Um, I think there's a lot of young talent, so I, I, I kind of wonder if, if they do hold on to Miles Turner. I think they do have a shot. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I'm with it. I'm with it. I love Tyrese Halliburton. I love this team. I love the potential that they have down there. All right, now that we're done talking about over-unders, let's make our bets for the week, our NFL slash college football bets for the week. Sloan, you can feel free to critique them all you want, buddy. Let's get it. That's right. It's time for us to make you lose some money. If you're betting with me, that is. Uh, good week for, for, for Team Steve last week. Uh, two in one week. I'm, I'm actually slow. Hear this out. Bets placed on this show, not on my actual account. I am eight and one in the past three weeks. I am on a heater right now. D, tough one for you last week. Struggling, man. Struggling. But I think I've learned my lesson. I'm staying away from college football. Um, forward. I'm just going to stick to the NFL because I can't seem to hit anything for the college game. All right. So let's let's get right into a D. You can give you give a little synopsis afterwards, whether you like or not. A couple 30 seconds, whether we're, we're good or not good. Uh, my three picks, by the way, I'm nine and six right now as a total for the season. Uh, my first pick, I'm taking Tampa minus two and a half home against Atlanta. For me, it's like I don't trust Atlanta offense. I know they have a great running game with Bijan. I just can't get behind Ritter. Uh, Tampa, you're probably getting uh, some points knocked or shaved away because of what, the way they looked against the Lions. I just like them at home. I, I still think Tampa's a decent team uh, with, with their weapons. I'll give the two and a half points. It's under a field goal, so like I'm not worried about losing by a field goal. Two and a half. Sloan, what do you think? I'm with it. I think Tampa's defense is a little underrated. I think Tampa's held uh, held itself pretty well despite uh, the Mike Evans injury. It was battling. Uh, Tampa was battling even with Philadelphia. So uh, I, I think that they will definitely take care of Atlanta. Atlanta is not an impressive. <laughs> Atlanta is not, not an impressive squad to me. And yes, I just started a points league draft. At nine thirty, here we go, baby. Oh gosh, drafting <laughs> mid show—that is like that is that. skill, man. Multitasking. Like that. Let me know who you get for the first pick, though. When you make that, I'm curious. Uh, my second gambling pick: I am going to take the Rams home against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Minus three at home. I think this is just one of those where the Rams' offense is too strong, too much firepower. Pittsburgh, you know, their offensive all year has been abysmal. They just got a big win. Uh, I don't know if they had a bye last week, but they just got a big win against the Ravens, and it was all defense. Um, I think the Rams at home, they just will have too many points on the board for the Pittsburgh Steelers to compete. I'm not worried about the field goal because I think it's going to be like a touchdown a touchdown game. Sloan, yay or nay? We bet in that one? Yeah, I'm with it. I would probably shave it down to like uh, two and a half. Maybe, maybe two and a half just to – just to get that field goal win in case that's how it ends. But, uh, yeah, I, I think Pittsburgh, despite having the extra week off to prepare for this this game, I mean, they're flying cross-country to, to defend Cooper Cup, Puka Nakua, Tutu Atwell, and if uh, he's healthy, Kyron Williams has been running and balling out this year. So uh, I think Pittsburgh's looked good defensively against poor throwing teams, and uh, the Rams are not that. The Rams are a high-quality 
passing offense, and I think they will take care of this one. My last one, I'm getting spicy. I want. I always wanted a spicy one. It, it, it bit me in the ass last week with the Buccaneers. That was my spicy pick. My spicy pick this week, I'm taking the Chargers plus five and a half at Kansas City. This is just a gut play for me. My gut says the Chargers are due for a bounce back. I thought... I thought Herbert looked pretty pretty good. Uh, Kansas City, outside of uh, Travis Kelsey, their offense hasn't been that great. Um, I don't know. I just some something's pulling me to the Chargers. I saw shaking head Sloan. You think the Chiefs will cover that five and a half spread? I don't think I would bet it either way, personally. But you know, the Chargers have been choke artists a lot lately. Uh, they, I was not impressed with their game against Dallas and. Against Kansas City, I, I just want to be able to buy into that. <laughs> by, by the way, for the people uh, listening on podcast, Sloan is indeed in the middle of a fantasy draft right now. Sloan, what pick do you have? Uh, 11 out of 12. That's <laughs> the worst. <laughs> you make your pick yet? I got Giannis, Kevin Durant, or Anthony Edwards. Ooh. Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant. Unless you're going to yeah, punt, punt. That's uh, what I'm doing. Free throw. Interesting. All right, D. Let me. Let, what, by the way, that, that's just amazing. He's multitasking that well. D, uh, what do you got for me with your picks this week? So I like actually uh, two out of the three picks that you had. Just to recap it, too, I, I would have stayed away from that KC and and I know. LA game uh, personally, but I did like the Bucks one. It's one that I thought about taking, uh, especially because Desmond really looked like absolute dog shit. It's just the Bucks looked like the Bucks last week, which made me go ugh because it was against the Lions. Um, but I, not bad picks, and I think that Rams one is an easy one, especially because the Steelers. I don't think that they're really good offense. Uh, but since you go Bucks, you know I'm going Saints. A uh, short week for the Jags, obviously with T Law being potential injured uh i'm going with the saints give me the minus one i think that they could win this one with that you know just straight up with it being a field goal four point or a seven point game um just an easy win for them because Trevor lawrence is a little nicked up and if they have a backup going in that saints defense is actually pretty decent uh and elvin kamara is actually looking really good post the suspension too so i think that 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 should be a, a handful for them to take care of um, you want to give your feedback on that one? I think Sloan's picking his pick. I'm yeah, get get that Kevin Durant pick down. I'm I'm worried about the Saints just because they they've been looking a little suspect. I know they beat the Patriots, they smacked the Patriots, but that's what everyone does. I think University of Georgia could go smack the Patriots right now. Um, ah man, that one's I looked at that one. It scares me mostly because the Jaguars have looked excellent the past couple weeks. But I know you guys stick with your boys, ride or die. So I, I we'll see how that turns out. Yeah, keep it personal for that one. But again, it's more so because T Law's hurt. You know, he's not 100%. You just don't know how he's going to react on a short week, something like that. Um, I think, uh, so it's not a thing. Second pick, um, what a season this team is having. So I'm going Browns minus two and a half. Uh, give the, you know, give the Colts the points. Anthony Richardson is done for the season. Gardner Minshew, I think he's not going to have his hands full with that defensive line. The Browns defensively are causing fits for everybody. And it's, yeah, it was it was prime example for what they were able to do accomplish against um well, sorry their most recent opponent which was Niners. thank you Niners Niners yeah yeah like, I'm not saying that like you know the injuries weren't playing a big case like you know McCaffrey was out Debo kind of got nicked up like it happens but the Colts they're not really a high powered offense you know JT coming back yeah they have Zach Moss but like Pittman is. Pittman not really doing much. I think you're going to see a lot of issues caused right up the middle and 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 the Browns defense. So give the the Colts the two points. I think that they could try to you know chip away with this one. Yeah, and I'll I'll say before you get in Sloan, it, it's the line is two, so I'll give you the uh, the two points on DraftKings. Did you have a comment on that one there, buddy? 
No, I'm. I, I think the Browns are gonna destroy Gardner Minshew. I think he's gonna have a tough time in that pocket all game. I think uh, what was it that Robert Sala of the Jets recently said that they've faced uh, multiple strong quarterbacks and made them all look bad. I think the Browns have made quarterbacks look even worse. I mean, Brock Purdy is like top top six in MVP odds before that Browns game, and they made him look awful they made him look like he doesn't belong in the league on the so, road uh, <laughs> so the browns are a really scary defense and Gardner Minshew the second is in for a rude rude awakening now are you guys making this bet with the the thought process that you're not going to have deshaun watson it's gonna be pj washington and i don't care who's out there for quarterback okay. i think their defense is really good deshaun watson better get his butt back out there because he got cleared to play two weeks ago so i don't know what's going on with this guy he's a clearly a head case but uh i think if pj pj walker or whatever the heck his name philip walker can can beat the niners i think he can beat the colts too okay so we got two picks ud what's your last one last but not least i hate throwing this one out there um because i you know i'm i'm team baltimore but Give me the Lions plus three. I don't know why this this line is like this. It's almost like people are not believing that the Lions are one of the best teams in the NFC. Uh, Jared Goff is playing really well. I know Ty Montgomery, you know, got a little bit nicked up, but St. Brown was able to return. Jamison Williams, another flash, you know, athletic wide receiver that they are they have, and the defense is playing really good. So I think they'll give them fits. Lamar is going to do Lamar things. It just might be a costly turnover at home that may potentially bite them in the ass. Um, but the Lions are, are consistent, and and Dan Campbell is coaching his ass off right now. So if the Lions are getting three points, I don't care if it's on the road. I think they could just flat out win this game. I have a feeling this was going to end up in a push. Watch, it's going to be a a Ravens win by three. I will say this: like as someone who bet on the Ravens this week, I watched the game very intently in London. They were fine. They were looking to lose that game. They had a huge lead. I think it was eighteen to three going to half or something yes. like that. And they were just looking for reasons to lose the games. Lines have looked great. I like that pick. I should have probably taken that one. I was debating it. It's a good one. Yeah, the Lions have the best rushing defense in the NFL. So uh, Ravens are a running team. Uh, and I just think the Lions are just so elite at so many different levels. And like you said, D, they're buying into that coaching staff. So that's uh, that's a good good culture around that team. And all the people that didn't buy into the Lions in the preseason, they're uh, they're biting their tongue now. Six and a week. That'd be dope if we went six and oh. I like it. All right, guys, I need your help for this one. So we're going to our last segment, which is I'm excited to play still in the league. Um, but first, before we get into the actual segment, I need you to help me out, D. Mm-hmm. So you can pitch in as well. I have a couple options for um, our potential music for this game. Now, you, I have a couple here. Do you like this one? Let me know which one we go with. I don't like that one. No. Not bad. That one. This is this is it. All right, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to America's favorite game. Are they still in the league? I'm your host Trudeau. We have two contestants today: Sloan Piva of Sporting News and D himself. This is how the game works, fellas. I'm going to give you a list. One by one of journeymen, guys that were, you know, picked high, didn't pan out, or maybe like were picked high and fizzled out. 
I'm going to ask you a simple question. Are they still in the NBA? Are they on an NBA roster as of today? Sloan, since you're the guest, I'll start with you. We're going to start with a player. Let's find a good one to start with. Ah, all right. I'm wearing the Orlando Magic jersey. This guy was crushing it for the Orlando Magic for a couple years. We sent him packing last year. We said, you can have a chance to win a championship with the Suns. T. Ross, Terrence Ross. Is he still in the league? Terrence Ross. Uh, he should be. Uh, uh, I would say yeah. No, he's not in the league. Well, he's just unsigned. He's an unsigned free agent, right? Yes, he is not on an NBA roster as of today. Two a week for, before the season, Terrence Ross is unsigned. Bummer. No points. No points. All right, D, it's your chance to seal the lead. Oh boy. I got one for you. Mr. Bubble himself tore it up in the NBA bubble. Played a little bit with the Nets last year, I want to say. Right, he went with KD and uh, Kyrie. Mr. Bubble, TJ Warren, is he in the league? Past Pacers, went to the Nets. He was injured last year. You usually don't get cut post-injury, so I'm going to say yes. I know that one. He played for the Suns, but they didn't bring him back. <laughs> zero, zero. Damn. Yeah, not in the league anymore. Or he's not he's not signed right now. You got passed over by Yuta Watanabe. Montana Manabe. <laughs> All right. Sloan, this is a good one. Wow. I, I'm trying to give you a little bit of a harder ones. All right. Yeah. I'm not gonna say everyone, I'll say everyone's favorite prospect player played from Detroit, played for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Lots of high-flying energy. Hamadou Diallo, is he still in the league? Hamadou Diablo, uh, Diallo. I want to call him Diablo because that would be so much cooler. That would be badass. Um, I'm trying to think. I think he played for the Pistons last, and he did. I think he made an appearance somewhere else. But I'm gonna say no. I don't think he's. I don't think he's signed by anybody. Correct. Yeah. <laughs> he's, young. he's like 25 years old. I was surprised to see him. Put him on the board. <laughs> Maybe they'll just stick him in the dunk contest just to give him something to do. All right. I'm going to give this one to D because I feel like Slow might know this one. Former Boston Celtic played for the German team in the FIBA World Cup. Daniel Tice. Is he still in the league? I saw his name because he was in the in the FIBA. I'm gonna say no. Who the hell did he play for? He is on the Indiana Pacers, who you really loved. <laughs> Ooh, <laughs> how far down the depth chart is he? Because I don't know anything. Uh, I saw him. Probably he's like the tenth or eleventh man. Yeah. My goodness, I, I these, guys only, these guys are only guys are the bench guys. Yeah, I get that. All right, Sloan, got one for you. I have, I think he was like a top, he was a lottery pick for the Knicks. I don't know where he was, top 10. Point guard from France, parlez-vous Francais, Frank Nielakina. Oh, Frankie, Frankie Sigs. Frankie Sigs. Uh, I think he last played for Dallas or Charlotte. 
he might still be on Charlotte actually, because Charlotte doesn't have much depth to be cutting people. So I'm gonna take a wild guess and say that he still plays in the league. <laughs> you were right, but unfortunately, the team. I mean, you still get the point, but not there. He's in on the Hornets now. Yeah, Charlotte. I said Charlotte. He's, he's said Charlotte. Oh, he's I'm not paying attention. Apparently, it's it's been a long day. I that that team was going to win 500. Ga- I'm also be 500 in the draft. <laughs> uh, um, all right, D. So I think it's yeah, he's in the middle of a draft. Like he could just sit. No, I'm joking. I'm joking. <laughs> yeah, and it's an effective field goal percentage league. Like it's, it's such a random category to have. <laughs> I don't like that. Uh, D, you're up. I think it's. Do you, do you have a point, D? I have zero written on. I'm for two. Oh God! All right, let's get you back in the game. Mm. This is a fun one. Kia Slam Dunk Champion, multi-time All-Star, one-time Boston Celtic. Blake Griffin. Blake Griffin. Is he still in the league? He's not on the Celtics anymore. I don't think he got signed this offseason. I'm gonna go with no. That's sad. <laughs> Surprised no one wants his ability to take charges. I think he led the league That's in charges. All he does now, he's got no athleticism, unfortunately. He's like 32 years old. I think he's younger than me. Jesus Christ. What happens? All right, Sloan. It's a good one for you. Do you remember a guy who got drafted out of Kentucky for the Knicks? And he had a preseason to remember in his first preseason, his rookie preseason. And everyone's like, this is the guy. And nah, Kevin Knox, the second, <laughs> is he still in the league? Uh, he shouldn't be. Uh, <laughs> you know, one time I did a high end uh, card break and I got the only uh, auto that I got was Kevin Knox. So oh, I was like, what are, we, what are we doing here? Uh, I'll say no. I don't think he's in the league anymore. Hey, your card still might be valuable. He might turn it around. Uh, he's with the Portland. Trail. Portland, yeah, Portland. Where you're well, that's like out of nowhere. <laughs> uh, D. Let's see. This is a fun one. Uh, Providence College grad, top four pick, actually. Lots of hype for this guy. Chris Dunn. Is he still in the league? I only remember him being on the Bulls. Is he still in the league, or is he done? (laughs) Um, I feel like I don't remember seeing him being annoying in 2K. But I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say he's somewhere random like Milwaukee, but like I have no idea that he's there. He's also somewhere random. Utah Jazz, and he actually might get like decent playing time this year because their their backcourt's pretty thin. Nice, yeah. I remember Chris Dunn. Good for him. All right, we're tied up two two. Slow hey. for you. Former champion, champion Golden State Warrior, former Laker Juan Toscano Anderson. Is he still in the league? Oh, my music stopped. That's sad. Juan Toscano Anderson. So he last played for the Lakers. Utah or no, the Lakers. Yeah. Uh, I don't think he's still in the league. I, I, I don't think the Lakers held on to him. And I don't think I, for some reason Utah's popping in my head, but I, I don't think he's over there either. 
right. Not right. in the league. All right. <laughs> we'll do two two more. Two for D, one for Sloan, because you went first, Sloan. We'll see who we end up. We'll do tiebreaker if uh, if we're tied up. Let's see. All right. D, you brought, you sent me an Instagram clip this offseason. This guy talking about how the salary caps, new rules are bad for the mid-level players, complaining, blah, 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 blah. Coach's son, Austin Rivers, former Dookie. Is he still in the league? Uh, if he's talking about salaries and he doesn't play for the Clippers, I'm going to say no. I'm going to say he's not on an NBA team right now. I feel like that may have hinted you to it. Yeah, no, not in the league. <laughs> not in the league. All right, 3-3, three, three, one each. No we'll go tiebreaker on a good one. All right, Sloan, for you. This guy was drafted by the Miami Heat, and everyone's like, oh, what a steal. Miami Heat's got someone here. Didn't Never really looked up to potential. Always hurt. Justice Winslow, is he still around in the league? I like Justice Winslow, too. So I've, I've picked him up a couple of times on my, my deep dynasty league just to fill in late, you know, end of seasons and stuff. Uh, I know he last played for, for Portland, uh, but it, <laughs> hopefully I don't make the same mistake twice. I don't think he's still in the league. Suspense. Not, Will no. you reach for that button? The suspense <laughs> is killing me. Not in the league. So, D, Look. the score is 4-3. to three. You need this to tie to force overtime. Yeah, Are you man. ready? Let's get it. LeBron got this guy the bag. After their championship run in Cleveland, former Kardashian lover Tristan Thompson is he still in the league? No, he's an anchor on NBA TV. Oh, I'm sorry, he's on a roster still. Lakers, oh, he's on the Cavs. And guess what, guys, with Jared Allen out. He might see the floor. He's he's a roster player. Like he's literally on the Kardashian show because my wife watches it, and he's on like NBA like mid mid afternoon TV, uh, like every episode. Get a life. No, he's not a life. He's an NBA player. And that concludes this week's edition of Still in the League. Guys, that was a fun show. No closing takes today because we just ran the we ran the clock up. We're in double overtime right now. And Sloan's like in round four of a of a, a dynasty round six of his draft. Now we in round five, baby. I wasn't far off. I thought we were gonna go an hour, but we went an hour and a half. You know what? It's all good. My team. I need to kind of pick it up a little bit, but you know, we we had a good time. It was worth it. Draft draft Tristan Thompson. He's still in the league. After that guy. Sloan, it's been a pleasure, man. Thank you for coming talking basketball with us. I apologize on the front end for not having you give us all the information, all the socials, where to follow you, where to get your stuff. Can you please do it on the back end for for us? Yeah, please. Give me a follow at Sloan Piva. That's S-L-O-A-N 
P-I-V-A. And uh, you can find our updated fantasy basketball cheat sheet and all my fantasy basketball information over on Sporting News. Just look up my name, Sloan Piva Sporting News. I'm, I'm right there. I got a lot of fantasy football stuff, too, as well as some best bets each week. My, I'm, I'm just like Trudeau. My, my bets have been rolling lately. I went 11 and 4 last week. So let's make some money together. You know what's not fun, D, is I have to do a fantasy draft with this man tomorrow. Mm. He's already done about 15,000 basketball fantasy drafts. He does sports writing for a living, and I'm going to get smoked. So I'm going to do it from my bed watching, like, John Oliver or something. Well, you're gonna... always in it, man. You're always in every single league, so I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> managing. It's, it's, it's about being a scrappy manager. I'm like, uh, who am I? I'm like the Steelers of, uh, of fantasy. Like, I'm not very good, but I'll be 500 by the end of the year. You watch. Yep. <laughs> you yep. watch. Always fighting. Always fighting. D, this was a fun show. I will let you get the people out of here the way you do. Hey, man. Again, one more big shout to Sloan Piva jumping in uh, with us, man. I appreciate every time you come here. The knowledge that you have, the experience that you have, it's next level. It's top notch. Keep doing what you're doing because you're, you're always welcome here whenever you want to. Just hit us up and we, we got you. Um, for those that are listening to us live, thank you again for tuning in. We appreciate y'all being here on another late night, especially for a Tuesday. But hit us up tomorrow. You can find us up on the socials. You can find us on Apple Podcasts. You can find us on Spotify or wherever you find your podcast. Hit us up on the socials such as Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Twitch, obviously, DFrizzy underscore Frizz5. You can find your boy. You can follow me with GBA Action. We got the league going on with 2K24. We finally here. Also find us on our website, www.frizzandthegrizz.com. One of these days, my co-host is going to put some merch on there. I don't know when, but one of these days he might. Please, 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 y'all take care of y'all mentals. Make sure y'all take care of y'all physicals. Be safe out there so you can take care of y'all chicken. Take care of y'all children. And we'll catch y'all on the rebound. Peace. Hey, they got a website that you can hire girlfriends for the day. <laughs> <laughs>